All right, welcome back for part two of our, um, I don't even know what we're going to call this. Ann Burgess. <laughs> our Ann Burgess slash Mindhunter slash Beetle slash Infant Abduction episode. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to get into some infant abductions. Um, Laura's got like actual abductions. I have mm-hmm. some, like one particular hospital had six abductions mm-hmm. over a 15 year period. One place, which is crazy. Yeah. And then we get into fetal abduction. Just just one. Just one. And then we'll talk about um, what... Safety protocols. Yeah, what safety protocol she's put in. I am like all over the place with this stuff. <laughs> and then I promise you our next episode will be fun. I promise you we'll no more lot, heavy stuff. Lot We're going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. That's when the limeritas are going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sparkles, okay. it's all you. Okay, so... First, I want to touch on um, a study that Ann Burgess was like the head nurse on. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this, an article from Reuters.com called Infant Abductions Rare in U.S. Study Finds. And the study was run by none other than Ann Burgess. Oh, Professor Ann Burgess. Professor. Excuse us. Um, so it states that infant abductions are increasingly rare in the U.S. Thank God. Yes. Because um, it's the, like Fort Knox when you go into have a baby now. Yes. You know, you get a low jack. Dad gets a low jack. Baby gets a low jack. Babies are behind the nurse's station. Yeah. Nobody gets in there. Yeah. It's crazy. They have to stay in your room now. Awful. But there's a reason. Right. Oh, staying in the room. That's terrible. That's just terrible. Unusual torture. I know. Um, so the article states that, like, the average kidnapper for an infant or fetal abductor would likely to be an overweight woman who has faked a pregnancy. Um, and this report was in the American Journal of Nursing in the mid-2000s. Um, the report examined 247 cases of infant abductions between 1982 and 2006, including murders in which a fetus was cut from the womb, which that is the fetal abductions That's that you difference. hear me talking about. Because um, you'll hear in the, oh, actually, I don't know if they, we got that part of the interview. I, hit, I had I no idea what the difference was. I don't know if that's was. in the, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's in I didn't the know what the difference was. So an infant abduction is after the baby's born, someone abducts it. Fetal abduction is when the baby is still in the mother's stomach and they take it up. Um, the study found that kidnappings of infants from hospital wards has greatly decreased in large part due to heightened security measures, but attacks at homes and in public have increased now. Because you can't get them from the hospital right. now. It used to be easy to walk yep. in and get them. Now yeah. it's I mean, not you used so to go, remember, like, I can still remember my net, a little cousin being born and you're in the window and there's 8,000 babies yeah. and you're like, oh, and you can't do that anymore. Nope. Um, and then the article just went on to say that Amber just led the study and states that both infant and fetal abductions are rare. Do not, thank God, don't be too, you know, crazy about this. But you do have to take precautions because pregnant women and new moms are very vulnerable. Yes. Um, her, Amber just's team worked with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the FBI, the U.S. Department of Justice, and UPenn School of Nursing to perform this study. Mm -hmm. Um, so they came up with a profile of the most likely infant kidnapper in develop, <laughs> not developed, Mike, edit, <laughs> they delivered it to hospitals in 1993. So this is when people are learning, like, this is who's going to do this. Yeah. Um, the t- typical abductor, according to the profile is a woman between the ages of 12 and 50, 12, a lot of the abductors especially at the one that you talked about were teenagers yes there was like 15 and 16 yeah. but 12 and well 12 yeah women Yeesh. between 12 and 15. Like badass 50. preteen yeah a lot Jesus. of hormones there. take it easy yeah um <laughs> they're often overweight um 
They are compulsive and frequently use manipulation and deceit to gain access. Um, they often indicate that they either have just lost a baby or cannot have one. Um, they live out in or are familiar with the community in which the abduction occurs. So they don't go like far away to do this. They do they it, do it somewhere where they, they're close to so they can they know what they're doing. Um, so they can provide good care for the baby after the abduction. So someone that might have a nursery set up or a baby's room set up, but, but you not... you don't know she's pregnant, right? Um, they're often married or living with a man. They visit nurseries and maternity units um, at more than one facility before abduction yeah. and asks about procedures and unit layout. So if someone's really interested in the maternity ward, maternity ward you might want to keep an red eye flag, out. Red flag, red yeah. flag. Um, they usually plan the abduction, but they don't necessarily target a specific infant. They often seize any opportunity it's, yeah, that presents. They're opportunists. Right. So they don't say like, oh, I'm going to get that baby. They say, I'm going to get whatever baby I can get baby my hands get on. Yep. Um, they frequently impersonate a nurse or other healthcare provider. Um, and more than 90% of adu- abductors were arrested. Thank God. Just to put yeah. your mind at ease. So I'm going to do one infant abduction case. Um, and it's, it's not funny, but that profile, <laughs> it's not laugh, funny at like, all. Exactly. Why would you I don't, even preface? This isn't funny. No, this isn't funny, but <laughs> I found it humorous, but I this is it, really not funny. When you're reading the article on the infant abduction, it's, a, it's unbelievable because it's like it literally it's exactly the profile. What she just said. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like she the drew the profile from this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's this woman, Carlina White, AKA. I'm never going to say this right. Nedra, quote unquote, Neddy, Nace. Probably didn't say any of that. Yeah, she'll call us. Carlina White. I'm going to go with. Um, CW. Yeah. She solved her own kidnapping case 23 years after being abducted. I can promise you I'd never be that smart. I know. She really. (laughs) I would never be that smart. Go, whatever you say. Um, You look nothing like me. That's all right. It's fine. Um, when Colleen was 19 days old, her birth parents, Joy White and Carl Tyson, brought her to Harlem Hospital Center in Manhattan. It was August 4th, 1987. She had aspirated fluid during her delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, so she developed an infection. And so she took, she's using her real name now of White. No, so she goes by, no, so she, I'll get into that after. Okay, she, all right, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Finish your story and I won't ask it more. baby's name is... Carolina White, though, when right. she was born, that okay. was her name. All right, gotcha. Sorry. Um, that's okay. Um, so she had aspirated fluid during her delivery. So she, you know, you get a lung mm-hmm. infection. So she had an infection. She was at home. But now she's at home. She's 19 days old. She gets a fever 104. So her parents bring her in. She was kept at the hospital, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, she was started on IV antibiotics. So she had to stay there overnight. Sometimes between 2.30 in the morning and 3.55 in the morning, some rem- removed her IV and abducted her. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman in scrubs had comforted the parents, like, oh, she's going to be all right. It'll be all right. But then when they said that, like, oh, some woman was here comforting her, no Nobody one knew who, who she, she was. was. She was not a hospital employee. <sighs> so she's dressed as or impersonating a, a hospital employee. Um, the woman the parents described had been seen around the hospital for three weeks prior That's to the That's what shocks me. That's what shocks mm-hmm. me. People you hear this see over this. And oh, over. I did see this woman. Yeah, they but... were on the floor a lot. Yeah. Um, which again, she's scoping out these mm-hmm. hospitals. 
um, the baby disappeared around their change of shift. So she knew. At two in the morning? Yeah, I don't know why their change of shift is at two in the morning. crazy ass shift. I don't know. Um, But that's what it says anyways. Um, (laughs) No, I believe it because we have a three to three shift. Yeah, that's true. Which I wouldn't mind having. Um, So, you know, she knew. Okay, they're not going to be coming into this room for a little while because they're changing Mm -hmm. shift. Um, There were security cameras, but they weren't working at the time. Come on. Whether she knew that or not for being around for three weeks. Or maybe she's the reason they weren't working. Right. Um, a guide said a woman matching the suspect's description was seen leaving around 3.30, but had no visible infant. Like, he just saw the woman, didn't see her carrying a baby. Although the baby could have been concealed in the heavy set woman's smock. So she's overweight, just like the mm-hmm. profile said, and she had on big scrubs, so the baby could have been in the scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, all these things are on the profile. Mm-hmm. They just had a woman on the news a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. She was abducting a baby from the Philippines mm-hmm. to bring back to the U.S., and she had, like, a sling. And if you put a big coat over that, you wouldn't have known. Yeah. But somehow somebody saw the baby. Yeah. Thank God. No. Um, this was the first known infant abduction from a New York hospital. Mm. A $10,000 reward was offered by the city of New York, New York for her return. Doesn't seem like much. But no, not no. for a baby. Um, flyers were distributed nationwide with all the information on it. Um, Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause, but she didn't, but she wasn't found. She was ra- raised as Nettie Nance by Anne Petaway in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is about 45 minutes from her birth mm-hmm. parents. Locals, local yep. area. She's local area. 45 minutes from the birth parents, not yes. even the hospital. Mm-mm. I'm Oof. sure the birth parents live right near the hospital. Could but you no, she's right there. Mm. Yep. Um, she attended public schools and graduated from high school in Bridgeport. Um, she, they eventually moved to Atlanta. Conlina starts to get suspicious, though, during her teens, that Netway was not her mother. Um, she said she didn't really look like her. She didn't. She just started getting her suspicions up. And then she became pregnant, Conlina, um, and she needed her birth certificate to get health insurance um, in 2005, and her mother could not provide her with a birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. She obtained... So finally, the mother obtains a fake birth certificate. Carolina brings it down to the office to get the health insurance, and they say, "Yeah, this isn't a real birth certificate. This is forged." So now, could you imagine hearing that? No. Like, what do you do? What? Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Um. So she's now like, "This is definitely something's wrong." She goes home. She confronts Petaway, and um, Petaway breaks down, but she tells her that a drug addict abandoned her to her oh. and that's why like you're bagged and you're still not given the mm-hmm. truth the, the poor kid mm-hmm. but carlina is her wheels are spinning now mm-hmm. so at the age of 23 she starts researching websites like national center for missing and exploited children because she's like there's something wrong mm-hmm. this isn't right she finds pictures of herself that resembled her daughter's infant pictures could you wow yeah, she's like that looks just she's like a my daughter sleuth, isn't yeah. she um, so she calls the hotline for the missing and exploited children. Um, and they were like, yeah, there is a family looking for this babe, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The birth, the year is right, blah, blah, blah. Puts her in contact with the birth family. And then DNA profiling confirmed in 2011 that this Nettie was Kylina White. So they are one and the same. This this is this missing baby from New York. Um Petway is charged with kidnapping, and she pleads guilty mm-hmm. and was sentenced to 12 years in prison in 2012. Um, 
Kalina was in touch with her birth family. They received like a, I want to say 70, I can't remember, it's 750000 or $75,000 settlement. Which is nothing. From the hospital. I think it was 750000 from the hospital. Like, yeah, your baby was abducted from here. And it upsets Kalina that the money's gone. They used it all. What did she think they were going to save it for? I don't know. I don't know. This somehow strikes a chord with them and they stop talking to each other. Come on. Um, yep. But isn't um, it hurtful enough they lost 23 years with you? I mean, they lost their baby. Yeah. Um, but she now, they've gotten over that. It was a, There was some sort of misunderstanding that everything is now smoothed out. She now speaks with them. And Kalina will go, decided to go by Nettie since neither set of parents technically named her that. That was like a nickname that she had. Okay. So she chose to go by that because her birth parents didn't name her that and like abductor right. didn't name her that. So it was like somewhat neutral. So Which she used her last name. I think the Nance. No. I'm not, you know what? It didn't really say. Maybe she's keeping that under wraps, but she's not going by Kylina or whatever that. And her was. abductor's still in prison? Well, she was sentenced to. 12 years in 2012, so... Yeah. She should be. She'll be getting out in, like, 2024. Yeah. So that's the story of... That's an infant abduction. I can't imagine, though, like, you you know, you have your baby, you have all these dreams and mm-hmm. all these ideas of your baby, and then you get a grown woman back. <laughs> like, 20 years I mean, years yeah, later. it's a whole lifetime. It's yeah, lifetime. like, you've lost everything. Yeah. You have a stranger. Yeah. Well, well, well. Well, mm-hmm. I talk about Grady Memorial... Okay. And the thing with trying to cover the infant abductions from hospitals is, as you can imagine, it's very difficult mm-hmm. to get information on it because the hospitals don't want to talk about mm-hmm. it. They don't want to be known as the number one hospital for infant abduction. It's not a good number one. No, no. and that's their title. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get my information from a. I so I I. It was very hard to get information on the internet. There is a podcast called The Fall Line. Mm-hmm. They speak about Carlina White. And I'm pretty sure I miss, I think, the abductor interviews on this podcast at the end. Um, but these two women cover the Grady Memorial infant abductions. And they also cover a few other, like, um, they cover the girls who were older and found out they were abducted. Mm-hmm. And they cover a woman, this story's crazy, it was on I Survived, of a fetal abduction that went yeah. And both the mother and the baby survive, which is very unusual. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good um, podcast, The Fall Line. They One of their topics is the Grady Memorial Babies. Mm-hmm. So Grady Memorial. Grady Memorial. is found in Atlanta, Georgia. It's deep south. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a county hospital. And it's, it's so with these county hospitals, they... They provide to the poorer com- part of the community, like Cook County, Boston City. It's people who are homeless, people who are uninsured, people who are poor. So that's part of the reason um, a lot of this happened. A, they were completely, it's very similar to Boston City Hospital. Um, between the years of 1978 and 1996, Grady's number one for infant abduction, according to NICMEC, which is the National Institute for um, in those years, there were six babies taken either directly from the hospital or as a complete, like a absolute connection to the yeah. hospital. Um, and like I was saying, it's because these people, like a lot of this happened because nobody's paying attention mm-hmm. to the poor community, unfortunately. I hate to say that, but they're not. So these, some, one of these babies gets abducted, and then there's like a little story in the paper and that's it. 
Right. And it's not like some rich kid. No, exactly. And, you know, you wouldn't see six kids abducted from the BI or the Brigham and nothing done about it. So the first kid to be abducted is Raymond Lamar Green in November of 1978. This is just before the Atlanta child murders. Mm -hmm. It's like months before the Atlanta child murders. And that's part of the reason it's important to what happens. Right. So his mom is Donna Green. She's six years, 16 years old, and this is her second child. She oh. had kind of a shitty childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, what is even more shocking is she was she stayed with the father till he died. So they wow. stayed together for years, even though she was 14 with her first right. kid. So she gives birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And while she's... So back in the day, people who remember the nurseries, you had the window and you had all the babies in there mm-hmm. so she's sitting there looking at her baby and this woman approaches her her name she says her name is lisa morris she says she's there to visit her niece who just had a baby and she's like oh what baby's yours she's like oh that's my baby boy and she's like oh and she just points out a morris baby she's like that's my niece right there mm-hmm. so they start talking and donna is very isolated very lonely because as a teenage mom all the other girls have abandoned her she's she doesn't get a lot of attention right. so she's all happy to be talking to somebody mm-hmm. um so Lisa, while Dawn is in the hospital, has repeatedly visited her in her room. Mm-hmm. And while she's in the room, she's like, so what's the baby's father's name? What's the baby's full name? Mm-hmm. What are your parents like? She's kind of grilling her. And right. when you hear Dawn interviewed, she's like, well, you know, what did I know? I was 16. I didn't want to be rude, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Donna says she's sleeping in her bed and this woman comes out of her closet in her room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing here? And the one's like, don't, don't worry about it. I was just going to visit with you. You go to sleep. And she's like, and I did. She says, what was wrong? And right. she goes, when I look back, she thought the baby was going to be in my room that night. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I you know, didn't even think twice of it. So when she gets discharged from the hospital, who's at the, the door? Lisa. Lisa Morris. She's like, can I get a ride home with you guys? And her brother's driving. And they're like, sure. They drop Donna and the baby off first. Mm-hmm. So now Lisa knows where Donna she lives. Knows. So, um, after a few days, she gets up, Donna gets a knock on the door. Lisa Morris, hey, how y'all doing? Can I come in? Blah, blah, blah. And Donna's like, I thought it was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but I was lonely. And her brother's there. She, she, she's like, he's here. And he, her brother was older than her. So, they talk for like an hour. And she's like, I have to take a shower. And Lisa's like, all right, you go take a shower. I'll wait till you get out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, my brother was there. So, nothing was going to happen. She said, I was uncomfortable, though. Something was telling me. Don't right. do this, she said, but I just, especially Southerners, they're very polite. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're not going to make a scene here. So she goes up to take a shower. Older brother's in the chair. Lisa's down there. Baby's sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. She's like, every, I, the whole time I'm in the shower, someone's like, get out of the shower. Get out of the shower. Get out of the shower. She gets out of the shower. She comes down the stairs. She said, the first landing, I should have seen the baby, and the baby's gone. Mm-hmm. She said, right then, I knew something was wrong. She comes back down the stairs. Baby's gone. And she's like, sister or brother, where the hell's the baby? Oh, he was crying. Lisa took him outside. She goes mm-hmm. and looks outside. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They are gone. That is the last time she has ever laid eyes oh. on a baby. So he's got to be in his 40s now. Mm-hmm. She has never seen him again. So they call the police, and um, they she gives the best composite they were, but nothing gets disseminated. Mm-hmm. Two cops show up. There's a little blip in the newspaper. Nothing's really mm-hmm. done about finding this baby. She single-handedly has kept his name in the National Institute, um, NICMIC, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. She keeps it going. She Anything you see on the web, 
is from her. Mm-hmm. She has pushed and pushed. She's still looking for this child. She's had a couple of leads, but she, she's actually befriended a kid who was looking for his birth parents. Same kind of a situation. She wasn't it, but she still talks to this kid. Right. Um, she's never seen him again. That's all I can That's say awful. about her. So that was 1978. Just after the end of the Atlanta child murders is Shanta Alexander in August of 1981. This is the second abduction from the mm-hmm. hospital. Um, she is just shy of three years of Raymond's abduction. It's two months after the last victim of the Atlanta child murders, which we talk about in our interview with Ian Burgess. Yes. So Shanta's parents have four boys at home. Mom's like, I better have a girl this time. Mm-hmm. She has her girl, Shanta. Both parents work for the IRS. They have good jobs. Mm-hmm. They're at Grady. Um, she gets her baby girl. She's all excited. 12 hours after she has this baby girl, baby's gone. So Shanta's mom is sharing a room with this woman who has just had a baby. And she said the woman was bizarre. She wouldn't talk to her. She wouldn't look at her. She wouldn't say anything to her. She was rude. Mm. Um, she would hide under her blankets and then she'd be out in the hallway. She said she was very, very bizarre. And I can't really, I, when I, the mother, Sandra, the mother has a very thick Southern accent. Mm. So I'm, I must've rewound it 15 times. I really can't get what happened. I can't tell if it's her husband came in for a visit or the roommate's husband came in for a visit. And after he leaves, whether it's her husband or the roommate's husband, the roommate runs to the hallway because there's no phones in the room and she makes a phone call. Mm -hmm. She comes back and then this woman shows up in their room. She's got a big, huge Avon bag in this hospital because it's so poor. Sandra is going to have her tube tied. She's had five kids. She's done. Mm-hmm. When she's getting ready for surgery, the nurses are like, you have to get your own gown. You have to get your own shit ready for tomorrow. Yeah. So she's like, all right. So she gets up. She has the baby in the room. She's got all the stuff in the room. She gets up. She goes and gets her Johnny for the next day. Comes back. Baby's gone. Bottles are gone. Everything that belongs mm-hmm. to the baby is gone. Roommate's not talking. So yeah, it's very like, she's like, she looks at the roommate. She's like, um, where's my baby? Mm-hmm. Roommate wants to say shit to her. She goes on the hallway. She tries to go to the nurse's station. There's not a nurse to be found at mm-hmm. the nurse's station. Um, when she finally does get, like, I think she talked to another woman, woman in another room and she's like, oh, there's a woman with a big bag at the elevators, mm-hmm. but she was too impatient waiting for the elevator. So she took the stairs. The nurses have to take the stairs down to get security when they finally alert security, it's 10 minutes since the baby's been gone. Mm-hmm. She's gone. Mm-hmm. She is gone. So one of the other women in the room's like, I saw my Avon lady in here, mm-hmm. my Avon rep from, I guess, down in Atlanta, especially at this time, there's a lot of housing projects. Mm-hmm. They all had like Cedar House, this house. So she's like, she's from this like Cedar House projects. She's like, that's the Avon lady. So they have a very detailed picture of what this woman looks like Mm -hmm. and they send it out it's on the news it's in the papers it's disseminated everywhere Mm -hmm. excuse me um and she said like this woman had actually gone into another girl's room a young girl and picked her baby up and she's like you're gonna be my miracle baby and Mm -hmm. the girl's like i don't think so and grabbed her baby back and then she goes and she grabs another baby Mm -hmm. so um (laughs) excuse me for one second all right so Shanta isn't discovered for five more weeks. And it's unclear how they figured out it was this woman, um, Louise Lett, L-E-T-T. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they figure it out, but they go to Louise Lett's house. Shanta also, thank God, had a birthmark on her back. Mm-hmm. So the police see the baby like, this is a baby. And she's like, no, 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 this is my baby. And she had a little boy with her. 
Mm-hmm. So they thought this might be Raymond Green. And unfortunately, it was her own child. They do blood tests. They figure out, no, Louise let, faked a pregnancy to her husband, mm-hmm. wanted another baby, claims to have lost this whole profile, right. and she winds up stealing this baby. They fortunately get their baby back. Right. Next abduction is Janquia Brooks on September 5th of 1989. She's brought to the hospital by her mother two weeks after her birth because um, she has meningitis. Mm-hmm. So the mom can't stay at the hospital. I don't know if she had to work and they didn't have a setup for her. Whatever reason, mm. she's not allowed to stay at the hospital. So the baby is sent back to the maternity ward to be in the nursery to be taken care of. Um, they can't really get in. I think her mother had been in, and then by the time she gets home, they've called her to say the baby's been abducted. And the reason they even look on on the baby is because the grandmother's calling, like, how's my baby doing? And the nurse goes in and realizes the baby's gone. Mm. The nursery is completely separate from the nurse's station, and the nursery set up right next to the elevators. That's not good. Right. Right next to the elevators. It just smells bad. Um, the, ba- the abductor is a 15-year-old who had told everyone in school that she had a baby. Mm-hmm. And her ex-boyfriend, his girlfriend, like, you ain't got no baby. Like, there's no baby here. She's like, no, I have a baby. So now she has to prove it. So first she goes to Crawford Long Hospital, and she can't find the maternity ward. Mm-hmm. Then she goes to Grady. She's asking everybody where the maternity ward's in. She must ask 15 people. Oh, it's up on the seventh floor, right up there. So she walks into the nursery unnoticed, and she takes the baby closest to the door, which is Janquia. Um, She brings the baby to a friend's house, and she's like, oh, this is my friend's baby. And the mother's like, where'd you get that baby? (laughs) And she's like, oh, it's a friend's baby. She's calling her own mother and saying, I'm not going to be home, blah, blah, blah. The friend's mom's like, there's something wrong. This this isn't babysitting. Mm -hmm. She calls the police. Janquia is recovered very quickly after being abducted. Travis Sutton, 1993. He is in DCF custody. And by all accounts, he is a gorgeous baby. Mm -hmm. At three weeks old, he's brought in for an abscess. He's having surgery on the abscess. He's recovering. Again, he's back in the maternity ward because he's recovering. He disappears, and he is never found. Now, his mom, I don't know if she's schizophrenic, bipolar, but at that time, if you had any of that, you're mentally unstable. They have her committed. So this baby's kidnapped while she's committed. Mm -hmm. She can't find this baby. Right. All right. So, again, he's another one that is never found. Ugh. Chris Lewis, 1991. Um, Loranda Arnold has her baby. She's in the waiting area at the hospital. She turns her back for a second, turns back around. Baby's gone. Chelsea Balder takes the baby. When, I'm sorry, I think I said her name wrong. Sharice, not Chelsea. Sharice. Sharice's mom sees her with the baby. Mm-hmm. She's like, what are you doing? And she knows this baby's like in a hospital gown, has a thing. She's like, yeah, no. She takes the baby back to Grady. The woman gets the baby back in like a day. After Chris Lewis of 1991 is Baby X, which I don't have an exact date on. Baby X is um, a young woman. She's 15 years old, and she, again, tells her boyfriend she's pregnant. It's like Mm -hmm. the same old story. They all told the boyfriend she's pregnant, and she needs a baby. So into Grady she goes, why not? Five other babies have been taken from Grady. And she runs into a doctor taking the baby back from a circumcision. She's like, I'm the baby's mother. He's like, okay, wash it, clean it, keep it dry. Boom, gives her the baby. Out the door she goes. He, um, she leaves the hospital with the baby, and she takes the baby home, and she tells her mother, I found this baby. I just found this baby. It just popped in my hands. I found this baby. Mom's like, yeah, no. So she calls the police. Police come and talk to her. She claims human traffickers held her gunpoint. No. And told her she had to go and abduct this baby. Oh my God. Then she tells another crazy-ass okay. story. Um, 
long story short, baby X goes back to mom. Okay. The last baby abducted out of Grady is baby Y in June of 1996. They don't really give you the story of how baby Y was taken, mm-hmm. but baby Y is recovered. The only family that gets restitution from an abduction from Grady Hospital, because like Shanta Alexandra's mother, she's like, I'm sitting there, and a rep comes in from the hospital, mm-hmm. tells me, you can't sue me. You can't sue us because we don't have any insurance. We let it lapse. And she's like, okay. He's like, you're not going to get anything from us anyway. I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. you just had a second baby abducted in three years, and yeah. this is what all you can come up with? So um, the only family gets restitution is Travis Sutton's family, and that's the one where the mom was in... Um, she's in the hospital Mm -hmm. mental hospital she comes out and the the da's like yeah well you were going to lose parental rights and defense is like no tough shit it's her baby right so she gets uh like six hundred thousand dollars from the hospital Mm. which to me for a baby loss this kid's never been seen again that's not enough restitution i mean is there anything that could be like right but six hundred thousand i know Let's put in all the urine, like what they do when somebody is killed early. Well, how much money would they have made over the next... Right. How much money could this have kid have made? You don't know. He could have been, you know, the next Bill Gates. Who knows? Right. So, yeah, $600,000 um, is what the family gets. <sighs> so, from 1965 to... Oh, no. I'm going to tell you that at the end. I'm going to let you go back to your case. Okay. Okay. So, I have That's a... Grady. So those were infant abductions. Those were all infant from one hospital in 15 years. Right. And then I did the one before that for the first in New York. Um, But I'm going to do this fetal abduction. I wasn't going to do a fetal abduction because they're awful. I mean, they're all awful. They're awful. These are really awful. Um, But um, Professor Amber just told us to do this one, so I did it. (laughs) So they're they're intriguing stories, but they're tragic stories. They're always so for those of you who do not like true crime like we do might be the point where you're not going to want to listen to what we have to say but it's a good story yeah maybe just you can fast forward to the end when we talk about all the protocols right. that are in place and how it doesn't happen safe. anymore right so this is a fetal induction that professor amber just told, told me us about. we should do and we did it. so um there was a woman savannah graywind she was 22 years old um and eight months pregnant she lived in an apartment with her parents in fargo north dakota Oh, Fargo. Yeah, I know. What a great movie. I, which is, but it's also like crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, look at it. It's desolate. Yeah. Um, on August 19th, 2017. Oh, so this is recent. Yes. And Professor Amber just helped with this case. And she's um, like 82. Yeah. Um, so on August 19th, 2017, her upstairs neighbor by the name of um, Brooke Cruz asked for Savannah to come over and help her sew a dress. Now, they were all, they were saying, like, young mothers who don't have a lot of money and blah, 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 they'll do, like, little jobs, or they'll look for free furniture, or they'll look yes. for free diapers. Yes, I've heard so quite a few abductions will, where they were looking for free furniture Right, and stuff. so they'll contact them, like, oh, I have something for you. Right. Well, I'll pay you to come do this, and they're setting them up. Well, you would have been fucked if you asked me to do sewing. I'd be like, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I can't do I it. can't put a button on. Um... Savannah had just ordered a pizza to be delivered to her apartment. She left her phone in her apartment. So she's not thinking she's going to be gone for a long time. No, no, She's even thinking a bit. 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's a button. Yeah. As she was leaving, she said to her mother, Mom, you don't think this woman's crazy, do you? Oh, mm-hmm. God. Ominous foreshadowing. Yeah. 
And her mother's like, no, I think she just wants help. You know, she's just helping you out, and you're going to help her out. How's that guilt on your mom? Yeah. Um, right. Savannah was never seen alive again. Oh, mom. Yeah. So she never comes back down. Pizza's delivered. Her phone's there. They can't reach her. They report her as missing. Um, a massive search ensues for this girl. Police canvass the building, and they talk to Brooke and her boyfriend, William Hone. They talk to them. They're like, yeah, she was here. She left. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's searches that go on, like, outside. They're looking for her everywhere. No one can find her. Five days after the disappearance, they obtain a search warrant for Brooke's apartment. They find the baby there while they're searching for the apartment. Alive. Oh, thank God. Brooke apparently had taken the baby out. Oh, this is our baby. Had, like, gone out with the baby. Like yeah, she was never pregnant. Well, not really. Um, she was fat. So, but she's seen around town with this baby and blah, blah, blah. So the police get this search warrant. There's a good suspicion. Right. This isn't ha- This isn't good. She's the upstairs neighbor. All of a sudden has right. a baby. Hmm. So they find the baby. The baby's fine. Thank God. They arrest. They, are, they, they arrest, arrest her. Yeah. They put two boobs on. <laughs> they hey. also arrest her. <laughs> they arrest Brooke and William for conspiracy to co- commit kidnapping and lying to the police. Brooke, she gets Brought into the police station, she says that Savannah came to her apartment on August 19th to learn how to self-induce labor, and that she returned on August 21st and just gave her the baby. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. She came back in the wee hours of the morning on August 21st to just give her the the baby after she self-induced labor. Yeah. 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 I'd like to know what she used to induce labor, because I had two kids over term and nothing nothing I did worked. Castor oil, I did all that shit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was clean as a whistle, but I wasn't having a baby. Um, So William is brought into the police station, the boyfriend, and he says he came home from work on August 19th, like an hour after Brooke leaves her parents' apartment. I mean, Savannah leaves her parents' apartment, and he saw Brooke cleaning up blood in the bathroom. Brooke then presented the baby to him and said, this is our baby. This is our family. Brooke is cuckoo bananas. Uh Uh-huh. So then he said he threw his bloody sneakers, because now there's blood all over the place and some rags that she was using to clean up blood into a dumpster at another apartment building like he knew something was wrong it really because like if she's claiming it's her baby why would you be throwing your sneakers out right. well there's blood in lion sack of so, poop yep so now they have the baby there's no savannah anywhere so the search is on for savannah they have placenta sniffing dogs apparently i didn't know there was such a thing yeah they literally are trained to sniff placenta Oh, um, my God. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. Can, I don't can we use your placenta <laughs> to train some dogs? Science, sure. Scientific here. research. Oh, um, it's better than eating it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> planting it, yeah. yeah. Planting it. The dogs would be all I'm going to put my tulips on my placenta. Oh, God. <laughs> Very nutrient-rich. Um, <laughs> so, they, oh, gross. so they bring in these placenta-sniffing dogs to try to find her body. You know, like, yeah. where is she? Where is everything? Um those searchers find a crime scene on the Minnesota side of the Red River. It's like an old abandoned house or a garage or something. They find a breast pump box, a mattress, candy wrappers, um, new clothes tags. Candy wrappers. Yeah. Okay. And a soiled towel are all found in this abandoned building. So they know this is... So was she sucking down Skittles while she's murdering? I don't know if they gave it to her to keep her alive. I don't know... Oh, or if they were, you know, this is getting more disturbing. Staying by the with yeah. the, I don't, I don't know, but that's what was in there. Um, 
shortly after that, like that night, they, you know, they're on the news and they're saying, oh, they found a crime scene on the Minnesota side of the border and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, kayakers have found a body on the Red River. They had, now these poor people are just kayaking. They're not in the search or anything. And they find oh. a body over on the side, like in the branches of a tree. Um, it's Savannah's body. She was wrapped in plastic and bound with duct tape. Um, they found that she had bled to death. She was found they're on... They're so callous yeah. when they do. They're just so callous. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they just want the baby. They just want the baby. Yep. And, I mean... Yep. She was found on August 27th. Aww. The charges against them were then bumped up to include conspiracy to commit murder. Um, bail was set at $2 million each. Brooke was found guilty on all charges, and she received a life sentence with no parole. And when they, you know, asked her, like, what, like, what, like, what were you doing? Why would you do this? She told them that she had faked a pregnancy to patch up her relationship with William Hone. Just like the program. I'm not, I'm not, I can't. Yep. Um, Hone got life with parole for kidnapping and lying to the police, but he did, was not charged with murder because she had lied to him. She had do taken the he... fetus out before he got home. Like, she had really killed her. He obviously helped with stuff and Yeah, I mean... He had to have known. Right. So he gets this life with, with parole. That was overturned last month. Come on! No, because at the time of sentencing, the prosecutors had asked for him to be given um, dangerous offender status because he has a history of child abuse, child neglect, and domestic violence. Oh, by all means, give him somebody else's baby to handle. Yeah. Um, so that bumped up the sentence from 20 years to life to life. That dangerous good, good. status. But the Supreme Court ruled he should not have been given dangerous offender status. But they did uphold the conviction. So he's going to be sentenced later this month. Like his final sentence. I'm, I'm assuming go. it will probably be 20 years to life. Because that was the original. I can't. I can't. Nope. The baby's name is Hazley Joe. She's oh, a happy, I healthy like two-year-old. Name, actually. Yeah. She's a happy, healthy two-year-old. Um, her father has full custody of her. She was, he was the boyfriend of Savannah. Um, they were together for like yeah forever. all their lives yeah. pretty much. Um, Savannah's parents see her regularly. Um, I think Pickens of Slim and Fargo. You know what I'm saying? Um, her boyfriend talks about Savannah all the time to Hazley. Um, you know, he shows her pictures. He talks about her so she can be a part of this baby's life that she never. So got I'm really to um, sick and disturbed. Mm-hmm. Do they get into what actually happened to um, Savannah? I mean, she just cut. She cut the baby out. But they don't. Like they don't say how she did it with no. what and all that. No. I, I'm that sick. I need to know those details. I know, I know this. And some of them are like. Yeah, I mean, I read a book. I mean, they're all horrendous, but some of them are like beyond. I read a book and I can't remember the name of it, but it had to do with a young woman girl who was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Woman kidnaps her, uses car keys. Yeah. Leads her to die. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it didn't. They all bleed to death. Like, they just, they just get it and once they're done. Well, because they don't know what to do. Yeah. They're not trying to save the mother. No, you're done. They don't care. Yeah. Oh, it's so sick and disturbing. Yeah, it's awful. The baby is. Fine. How old's the baby now? Like two or three, two. you said? Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable story. But that's a fetal injection. But that doctor, uh, Professor well, Amber, well, yes, just... We were covering it, and that was it. So you're getting it. <laughs> suggested us to cover, and she helped on it, you know, yes. and she knew de- the details on it, and um, she suggested it to us. So you got it. Yeah. Um, so, so one statistic is from 1965 to 2019, there's a total of 327 infant abductions. Mm. 140 were from the hospital, 140 are from home, and 47, it just says other, which is, I don't know, like shopping malls, I yeah. guess. 
Of the 327, 16 is still missing. So Jayco and hospitals have put in all kinds of um, protocols to make sure we don't, you're not allowed to take a baby from a hospital. Mm -hmm. So the first one is to, uh, they attach secure identical number bands to the infant wrist and ankle bands, mother wrist and ankle bands, and father or significant other Mm -hmm. immediately after birth. Mm -hmm. A footprint of the infant, they take a color photograph of him or her, and they record the physical examination within two two hours of the birth. They have a security tag or an abduction alarm system, such as a barcode or an umbilical clamp, which triggers an alarm, locks doors, and freezes elevators if the infant comes within four feet of the exit or the elevator. So I remember when I had my kids, they would have to say, we're taking the baby somewhere because all of a sudden everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, You can only transport an infant in a bassinet, and they are not allowed to be carried or left in the hallway without direct supervision. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have a tracking system to document where the infant is at all times. So they're basically low-jacked. They require staff to wear up-to-date, conspicuous, color-photographed ID badges, and they require staff in direct contact with infants to wear a second form of unique ID, such as a badge with a pink background. Mm-hmm. They suggest you do not publish birth announcements in local, local newspapers. You don't post the full names of mothers and infants where other patients or visitors can see them. Mm-hmm. You control access to the maternity unit. For instance, keep all exit doors locked and make sure that they're monitored by video surveillance cameras with date and time stamped. Mm -hmm. So our own hospital, the OR staff can sometimes go up to the labor and delivery room to do Mm C-sections. And we should be able to get in anyway. You cannot. It doesn't matter who you are. You're not getting into the labor and delivery unit. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Um, And when I had my own kids, I wouldn't put balloons out. I wouldn't let anybody else put balloons out. I wouldn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody knowing I had a brand new baby in the house. It was, I was terrible. Even pregnant. When I started getting really big, I was like, all right, Brian wouldn't let me go anywhere alone. I didn't want to go anywhere alone. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to cut my baby out with keys. (laughs) Because that's where my mind is all the time. So um, that is our infant and fetal abduction, terribly happy episode. It's it's terrible stuff, but the... I, I think the fascinating, well, I mean, it's all fascinating to us, but the really fascinating part is that this nurse mm-hmm. helped develop all of this stuff. You know, like, right. And we're safer for her having done it. Right. Like, she, she just, she's just a rock star right. to us. Like, she, how, like, you came up with all of this stuff. You yep. helped with all of this stuff. Right. Child abductions, infant abductions, fetal abductions. I mean, just what she did for rape alone. Right. What she did for rape alone, yeah. that you're no longer to blame. Even mm-hmm. though they still try to, you're no longer to blame. Mm-hmm. No is no, and that is it. Right. And she helped come up with, like, the, like you said, the, the, the this is the right way to do it. This mm-hmm. is the right way to track it. Mm-hmm. These are the right questions to ask so that it's scientific. It's yes. not emotional. It is, this is the facts. It's quantitative That's why material. You're in jail. Like, yes. this is, we're proving And, and it. because she was able to do that, they're able to prosecute mm-hmm. with these facts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this woman, I hate to give you a name out, Professor Burgess, but I mean, you're at your age out, but she's in her 80s. Yeah. Her recall is oh unbelievable. Yeah. Like, she can recall dates, names, mm-hmm. times. You'll hear in the interview, she gives us some people we're going to do some podcasts on because some of these stories she gave us were crazy. crazy. They were crazy. Yeah. And she has files on all the big serial mm-hmm. killers. Like, and yeah. she didn't know what we were going to ask her. So it's not right. like we said, oh, could you tell us some stories about this beforehand right. so she, she could just, look them up. She just knew, knew them. Like, yeah. oh, how about this? Oh, you'd like this because you're in the operating room. Right. Like, These interview, the interview yeah. we have with her is just us sitting down with her. She had no clue what we were going to ask. I don't think we knew what we were going to ask no. at some point. We had a template. It didn't yeah. work out. Okay. So 
this episode being over, we're going to lighten things up yeah. after all of our death, dismemberment, people being eaten by bears, and all other kinds of shit mm-hmm. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We're going with things retrieved from the rectum. Yes. That's the next episode. Yeah. So, all you nurses out there, ER nurses, ETC, anything Anybody. you have retrieved from the rectum. Any lay people that yeah. know stories. Yeah. You know a friend who's shoved a, you know, fell in the shower on a shampoo bottle? Yeah. Everybody falls in the shower on something? You know, glass poodles, vases, baseballs, apples. Don't give away the whole I won't. Song. I'm sorry. But we will take whatever you want to have. We're itching for stories. Yeah. Um, we will talk a few problems of the rectum, like we did yes. with the penis. We'll yep. discover a few, and we'll finish off with a list of things we have personally seen retrieved from the rectum. Mm-hmm. And we would love to add to that list with whatever you have. Yes. So... Hope you enjoyed this episode. Would love mm-hmm. your feedback. Send us emails. Let us know somebody's listening mm-hmm. to us. I know we're not fancy with music and everything else, but I think it's pretty damn good. <laughs> so um, we will see you next episode with Things Are Treated from the Record. Yes. <laughs> like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.